Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Bloody Awesome Movie Podcast. I'm John Burke, and with me from across the pond is the Kingsman to my statesman, Matt Hudson from whatiwatchtonight.co.uk. Matt, how you doing today? I'm doing very well today, Mr. Birkenfield. Always enjoy um, shooting the movie breeze with yourself. Good, sir. Uh, it's another fine, balmy Tuesday evening over here in the United Kingdom. I've had my dinner. You're about to have yours soon. However, let's not talk about food straight away, because first I want to know <laughs> how you are. I'm doing very well. Still enjoying my summer break. Um, summer you know, break. Making, making sure the AC is functional because, you know, it gets hot here in the, the state. mythical in AC over here. Yes. Yeah, I, I, that Damn. always shocks me. But I understand why you, why it's not readily available there. But in Florida, <laughs> it's it's a must-have. Yes. Um, so I had, a, I had a guy come out and do some maintenance. Nothing major. He just had a uh, – actually, it ended up being a lot cheaper than I was expecting because apparently – um, we had to have our whole unit replaced a couple years ago, which was not mm-hmm. cheap. No. Um, but I want to, I want to keep it going. So I, I called the same company to come out and do the maintenance on it. And, uh, I got a, like a first maintenance discount because I'm like a returning customer with them. Mm-hmm. So I, th- I thought it was gonna be like a hundred bucks for the maintenance ended up being 35. So that was, that was a nice like bonus, uh, break. I wasn't prepared for Um, you could use the extra, um, 65 pounds to get some dollars to get some donuts. Oh, that's a lot of donuts. Um, but <laughs> yeah, uh, the, and the dude was really, really nice, very professional. I always, always grateful to uh, you know get to work um, when someone comes to do work on the house, and they're they're nice and yes. uh, re- there to work right. Like they're they, you know, he wasn't slacking off. He he wasn't trying to waste his time or anything. It was it was a very good experience. Um, and I felt like it's one of those moments where you feel like adulting because you remembered to take care of something that isn't like yeah, <laughs> you know, like yeah, there's. Just on, you're not thinking about. Oh, I should maintenance this and spend my money on on something that isn't broken yet, but I, I don't Some, want it to break. You know, sometimes adulting to me feels like putting my plate in the dishwasher. I'm like, I did it, I made it. Yeah. And then sometimes you have to you have your car ammo, t- have your car checked over, have your AC right. sorted, have uh, have the boiler looked at, or whatever. And it, it does kind of or bleed the radiators. In my case, it does make you feel like an adult and there's probably people out there listening now thinking oh boy what do these guys know but uh, we're, we're we're real adults did you t- did you tell them about the podcast yeah uh, we haven't um this, <laughs> this is the bloody awesome movie podcast and uh if you've been listening before we uh, come every every week and we review the most popular movie that was released or available for us to watch usually every once in a while we deviate from that format but normally that's what we're doing and that's what we're doing this week uh so far one of the biggest releases since the pandemic dropped, uh, Black Widow, not only in theaters, but also uh, for the Disney Plus Premium, which is an additional cost to watch it. You have to pay, I think, $30 to, mm-hmm. quote-unquote, own it on Disney Plus. Uh, but you also have to be an active member on Disney Plus, which is a subscription fee. Um, but you can also, if you're if it's safe for you to venture out to the theaters, there's a good chance Black Widow is playing near you. Um we will uh, look up the box office here in a minute because I, I do know that it's uh, set the pandemic record, which yes. everyone was expecting um, uh, Fast and Furious to do, and it did. But Black Widow has topped it, which I think a lot of people were questioning if, if the MCU had any juice left after all of the other movies have yeah. uh, come and gone. Um, so it's currently sitting at uh, currently worldwide is one hundred fifty nine point two million dollars. And a domestic, from my perspective, the U.S is 80 million uh which is a, a big opening i don't know where that sits but it, it's definitely a bigger opening i think um, it's than the Fast biggest Night. is uh there are all the reports this weekend have been saying or, or from yesterday when we recorded 
have said it's the biggest uh, open weekend since the rise of Skywalker, which was the last big release Ooh. before the pandemic. So, uh, yep. let's just, let's just, you know, if, if the last year didn't happen then it got rise of Skywalker, then black widow in terms of big releases. And, um, I think before we get to our review of Black Widow, which first we should note that we are spoiler-free here. Uh, if you want to hear our spoiler thoughts, we do a bonus episode on Mondays uh, where we talk complete spoilers. So this is safe. If you haven't seen the movie, you have nothing to worry about. Um, but I think before we get into Black Widow, we should talk MCU. I think of the two of us, I am the active like MCU fanboy. I, I like almost all of the movies. Mm-hmm. Um, I-, I am a comic book nerd uh old school. I, I can't claim that easily anymore. I don't read the, the books much anymore, but it, there was a good stint where I was reading comics a lot, but I was always more yep. DC than Marvel. Um, but when it comes to films, definitely Marvel over DC with the exception of the Nolan verse. Uh, and I have loved the MCU. I, I've thought that what they've done is, is just mind boggling, impressive. Uh, Matt and I have talked about the WandaVision and uh, Captain America and I'm sorry, Falcon and uh, Winter Soldier. Um, spoiler, I guess. Uh, I see went half wrong, yeah. And then I've watched Loki, but last I checked, you have not still, right? I still haven't seen it because um, I'm thinking now I was just going to leave it and just binge it all in one go. So hopefully next week I'll be able to give full thoughts on it. There you go. But so I, I am very caught up on the MCU big fan and i i like scarlett johansson a lot i like the way they've portrayed uh natasha in the in the the mcu for the most part um my one concern going into this movie was that it was too late like this movie should have been made a while ago and there's really no good excuse that can be given that they didn't make this movie before uh there's and of course if you've seen endgame um which I won't spoil right now, but heads up that it's inherently, there will be some spoilers for Endgame, but yep. it feels like the world saw Endgame based on its box office. So uh, I think we're safe there, yeah. But this definitely should have come out before Endgame. I do think what happens in Endgame takes away some of the agency of this film um, because we kind of know where it's going. Um, like where, where Natasha is going, I guess I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, uh, there's always room for backstory, and I have I have enjoyed a lot of the MCU smaller story films, uh, where it isn't the world is ending. It is you know like Ant Man and Ant Man and the Wasp, for example, where it's yes. very much ingrained to that little group. Um, I've enjoyed those I think far more than a lot of the other ones, and uh, Spider Man um, Homecoming, which is one of my favorites because of the simple nature of it that it was so small scale, um, and. So I, I was uh, excited for this in that way. But let's go through the stats and we'll get into our review. What do you think? I think that's a oh. very, very good idea. Except before we do that, I totally am such a jerk. Uh, Matt, what are your thoughts on the MCU? <laughs> oh, that. Oh, <laughs> um, well, usually I jump in and mention it, but uh, I was intrigued by what you were saying. Um, I like the MCU. I think you're right. You are the bigger um, uh, fan. I, uh, whereas I, I like the films and then, you know, I think I said before, I like to go and watch them. I, I generally have a good time watching them in the theatre. And then when I leave the theatre, I'm kind of, you know, I, that's my fandom done. I kind of leave it at the door. But I I, mm. I, I enjoy them, uh, some more so than others. And regarding the timing of this, uh, yeah, I think you're right. The film always felt like it came out a half a decade or a decade too late. However, having um, seen it, there are things which I 
kind of recognise actually this it was probably quite good that they waited and I think Scarlett Johansson has weighed in on some of those comments herself. Um but also in terms of Endgame, I think had had Black Widow been released prior to Infinity War slash Endgame, I certainly wouldn't have gone into a Black Widow solo film expecting her to die or anything, leading up to the two biggest films of all time. Fair. Even 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 now, we even in hindsight you probably could have looked back and thought, yeah, we knew they were going to be smash hits. So I think some of the stakes would have been gone, but like you say, knowing what happens in that film, it does does just mute certain moments in this film. But in terms of the MCU, I'm always here to watch an MCU film. Um, but there are others out there who stand it like I would do a Star Wars, mm-hmm. for example. So we have a director, Kate Shortland, uh, written by Eric Pearson, and obviously all the MCU credits that are attached to the writing of any script, right? There's always more than one, really. Um yeah. Uh, movie stars, obviously Scarlett Johansson in the titular role of the Black Widow and it, Natasha uh, Romanoff. Uh, we get Florence Pugh, David Harbour, Rachel Weiss, and Ray Winstone as well. Um, and some other uh, references, but that's that's the gist of the, the characters. Um, the synopsis from IMDb is a film about Natasha Romanoff in her quest between the <laughs> film Civil War and Infinity War. They're getting lazy on the IMDb I mean, synopsis. Hey, look, no spoilers after all. <laughs> yeah, um... <laughs> in between civil war and infinity war, uh, it has an 81 RT score, uh, which is rotten tomato 67 meta score and a seven, uh, just a seven on IDB user score. Um, it's rare not to have a decimal point in there. Uh, and it is currently, as I mentioned in theaters and on Disney plus premium. So the additional cost of the $30, I think I could be wrong on the price, but that's what it usually has been. Um, so I'll go first. Mm -hmm. Um, number one, have to say it right out of the gate. Florence Pugh just needs to be in everything because she makes everything amazing in my yes, opinion. Like, yes, yes. Uh, you know, I, I've been a fan when I saw fighting with my family and then later that year, midsummer. And then later that year, little women. Yes. All three of those movies came out in the same year. Yeah. Um, I was like, this, this, she's a superstar. Like, let's make this uh, a thing that I later would see lady Macbeth, which is also oh, fantastic. So um, that's the first, that's my first exposure to her. And that was when it came out, I think my fourth favorite film of the year, mainly because she blew me away and has ever since. She is able to do everything. Like she can yeah. make you laugh. She can make you cry. Uh, she just, she just brings so much charm and, and character to every performance, including this one. And that is super important because, uh, I think the movie stems on the relationship between her and, and Black Widow. Mm-hmm. And a lesser actress maybe wouldn't have been able to sell it. And she totally sells it. Um, you see the history. It feels like there is hostility there. It's just, it's brilliant. And I, I, I had such a good time so much because of her character not to take away from Scarlett Johansson. I think Scarlett Johansson has been great in the MCU. Um, I think maybe the only weak performance was her introduction in Iron Man two, but I don't blame her on that. Mm-hmm. I blame yeah. the script of Iron Man two as that movie collectively, not good. It's uh, easily on my, the lowest end of the MCU movies. Um, but I think she's really good here. She again, brings a lot of emotion, but she's got charm and, and a little bit of wit. Um, you know, she's got to play it. She's in a dark time for black widow. Cause she's on mm-hmm. the run. Uh, she's, not sure what to do. So like she's got a somberness to the character that I think is essential. Um, but you, you see it levy lighten up a little bit throughout the course of the film. And I I enjoyed that very, very much. Um, David Harbour is, was an actor that I really liked in stranger things. Yep. And then I saw Hellboy and I was really concerned 
that maybe we he's going to be one of those people who, when he was cast as uh, the sheriff in Stranger Things, whose name um, is not coming to me for some reason, it was perfect, but maybe he's going to get a lot of work because of that one role and isn't, shouldn't, you know? I think you yeah. can kind of look at um, uh, Brian Cranston, who's kind of had the similar criticism. Like, he was so good as Walter White that he's been thrown into so many roles where he just doesn't fit. And I think that was a concern with Harbor. Mm-hmm. I think he works here. I think he's very funny in this. Um, there, There is a similarity to Hopper. I finally remember the name uh, from Stranger Things with that kind of fatherly mis- like uh, misfit role. You know, like mm-hmm. he, he's trying to be a father, but he's really not a father. Like he's not equipped to be a father, but he's trying. Um, and then I have been a huge Rachel Vice fan for a while. Yeah. And man, she just, she's so good. Like, and again, the caliber of female actors in this movie is ridiculous. Like Johansson, Pugh and Weiss are all across the board, man. Yeah. Yeah. Just insane. Uh, I really liked all of them. Um, Ray Winstone. I like in this film as well. I didn't recognize him. Uh, and I'm like, Oh wait. Okay. Um, but, uh, the movie itself, I think there are some cool set pieces. Um, I think the storytelling is strong. I, I found I was very engaged throughout the film. Um, I wanted to know more. Uh, I did. I thought they did a good job of explaining things without feeling too exposition dump heavy. You know, like mm-hmm. there was a few moments where we had to learn some stuff, but for the most part, they just kind of like, yeah, yeah. Red room. They didn't say the red room is like, they didn't stop and just like, we just had to piece yeah, things together. And, yeah. Yeah. And I thought it worked very well. I didn't think anything was like uh, unclear or too challenging to put together. Um, so I, I had a good time with this movie. I actually liked it quite a bit. Um, I wouldn't put it in my top 10 of the MCU, which again, let's not forget there's 23 movies, I think now in the MCU. Um, if not 24, uh, uh, it's I'm 23 or 24. Find that out for you literally right now. This is the 24th film in okay, the MCU. So, but I would put it in the middle uh, for sure. This is mm-hmm. definitely in the, okay. in the upper echelon. Um, I, again, I've liked the individual stories a lot uh, when, especially when they are small scale. And I think this one does a good job of being mostly small scale. There's some big, ideas in it and some things that would definitely draw the attention of more heroes um, enough so that you might even question why other Avengers didn't show up, but that you could do that for all of the individual movies. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the problems that people constantly point out is like, well, why didn't the Avengers show up? It's like, because then it wouldn't be a personal story. So just chill out. It's okay that it doesn't happen. Um, Who knows what they have going on in their lives? Like stuff happens, but um, I I had a good time with this. I liked it uh, quite a bit. Um, yeah, what did you think, Matt? Uh, I I really had good fun with this film. Uh, I really did. Um, on the on the other Avengers, that was part of the reason why I'm so glad this wasn't made five ten years ago. Because then you do get the other Avengers. I think showing up in the film, it's to mm. varying degrees. Whereas now, um, Natasha is is a character oh. within her own right who hasn't who been regarded depending sorry on who you listen to has or hasn't had the development in the MCU that people would have liked. So now this was a chance to, to give that to her. So uh, I'm glad that we didn't see, uh, like physically really see anyway, any of the Avengers uh, in this film. And they focused on you know, Vin Diesel's favorite thing, the family or the quote unquote family. Yeah. So um, yeah, I had a really good time. I agree. Florence Pugh is um, just fab fabulous. And it's, it's not hyperbole or there is no bandwagon to jump on because she really is that good. And always, always is, very good Florence Pugh whenever she's in something even when she was in the commuter 
the Liam Neeson film, which had a bit part as like a passenger. She's great in that. Um, so and yeah, she, also, she can also sell a Russian accent without sounding like Ray Winston trying to do yeah. a Russian accent. Um, I didn't know Ray was in the film. Uh, I didn't. I, I I really only knew that. Obviously, Scarlett Johansson, Florence Pugh, David Harper, uh, Rachel Weisz was in it, um, and Olga Kurilenko. I knew that they were mm-hmm. in it, but I wasn't aware that Ray Winston was in it. So I was a bit surprised when, uh, when Ray Winston turned up and started speaking Russian. But um, yeah, I, I like this film. It's got some very good action sequences in it. So like, I think it starts off really very strongly, actually. I really do think I was in for within the first few minutes when we've got the, the story when they're younger in Ohio. I was in with that. Yeah. Um, so there was some really good action uh, throughout as well, includes that there was a great prison scene. There was a, which, which had some fun, fun uh, action. I think, oh, I'm going to sound like that guy now, but I think the third act went a bit over the top as Marvel tends to do. I think it was a bit overblown and a bit too much. I don't know if that was, if, if I don't know how they do it in the MCU, but part of me thinks somebody sat there and said, look, this film's really good. It's quite personal. We're focusing on the characters and the family. We need, but we need a big action sequence. We need people to know it's a Marvel film. I don't know, but it just felt a bit, you know, they threw everything at this ending. Um, mm. But, you know, it, it, it had to, that even that ending had some good moments in it. Um, I thought the character of Taskmaster was interesting. Um, yeah. There will be, our oh, spoiler thoughts will be out in a few days. We'll probably speak a bit more about the character of Taskmaster, but me, I like her. I'm able to separate the fact that this is the MCU and not the comics. Just to, to basically forget the damn comics for now. This isn't the comic. This is the, this is the Marvel world in the cinematic universe. They don't have to do be one and the same. Um, so yeah, I, I, I quite liked this film. Oh, sorry. I like this film an awful lot. I did think that I did have some issues with certain, um, moments that happened or certain decisions that were labeled upon characters. But, and I do think to an extent that Natasha was sold a little bit short in her own solo film. I think mm. this could, you could, you could argue this was a jumping off point for Florence Pugh and Yelena. Yeah. Uh, a lot of the, uh, film rested, would rest upon their chemistry, which was great, which was great. And Natasha had a lot to do, but I felt that at times she wasn't as interesting as some of the other characters like Yelena, for example. Um, yeah. But that's not to say that Natasha isn't good in her own film. She really is. Scarlett Johansson, I think she knows this was uh, her final performance as the character, certainly in any kind of long form. And I think she's really very good in it. I, you know me, I think Scarlett Johansson's a wildly underrated actress, despite the fact that she's got Oscar nominations racking up. I think she's very good. And she's good in, in, in this film. She imbues the character with, with some stoicism, with, uh, with some real steel. But the, like I said, the gags are good. The one-liners are good. She has a good chemistry with everybody in the film. The, the family scenes can either be quite tender or very funny. So it, it worked a lot for me. And Kate Shortland, I, I saw a film she did called Berlin Syndrome about four years ago. It's a German, mm. well, it's, well, it's an Australian film. Uh, but it's set in Berlin, Germany. It's uh, Teresa Palmer, Max Remelt, uh, and it's it's re- it's really good. It's really quite um, uh, suffocating in its atmosphere. It's about um, a, a German chap who uh, courts an America, an Australian backpacker, uh, takes her back to his place, and then the next thing is she knows is she is uh, held captive in his apartment, and he isn't a nice guy. But it's not like a 
necessarily like a torture porn type film. It's more, um, it's more uneasy to watch. But Kate Shortland directed that. I think she did a good job directing this. Came out of came out of blue, out of the blue. Sorry, having her direct this because this was her first film since 2017. Uh, but you know, I think I think she did a good job and can't really complain. I mean, I've seen some people complaining about certain things, but for the most part, though. I enjoyed this far more than I thought I was going to. Yeah, I, I think I, I had a positive. I was expecting to like it because, there, again, there, there's there been only a few that I haven't liked. And those, most of those were in the early days of the MCU. <laughs> um, and so I expected to at least enjoy it. Um, I, I actually liked it more, though, than I went in, again, heavily because of Florence Pugh. Um, I really thought her character was interesting and... Yep. She just brings so much, and she's so funny. Like, there's so many little jokes that she gets in there that just really landed for me. Um, mm. I won't say any of them at the moment; just they might be spoiler adjacent. Um, <laughs> but I just really thought she was terrific, and you know, there's again the emotion there, um, which is something that you don't always get uh, with superhero movies. I think with the MCU, they've been pretty good at often bringing some emotion to the characters and mm-hmm. uh, pathos. Um, I don't know that that happens in, in some of the other comic book movies, not just DC. I mean, just in general, um, there's a lot of comic book adaptations happening now. Um, but, but yeah, I, I also really, really happy with this movie and I didn't talk about taskmaster. I, I think that will be better for spoiler, but um, I did. I was only vaguely familiar with that character. I've seen him once or twice in like a cartoon uh, thing. And he, it's such an interesting villain because he's adaptable and he's able to like take on um, or she is able to take on different uh, skill sets and, mm-hmm. and like mimic the, uh, the hero. So it's always a cool uh, villain to fight because it is like fighting your mirror image almost, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I th- there was a lot to uh, like about that character, but yeah, I think the, the spoiler episode will be the best place for it, but that yeah. I, I, I was I went into this expecting to think it was okay because of all the discourse about it's too late. We know what happens to the character, this, that, and the other. But no, I think I really think they got the balance right for the most part between MCU ness, an actual kind of like character study, some drama, family stuff, comedy. I think, they, I think it's a really, really good film. Again, I, I would it would have hit my top five or ten. Uh, I, I don't know because again, I have different wants and needs from than most MC yeah. fans. It wouldn't hit my top five, but you know, I, I'd put it as upper middle at least. Yeah, and that's the same for me. Uh, it's not in my top ten even, but it's it's up. I actually have it ranked on Letterbox. Um, because I've had that list going for I a while now. That. Uh, but I have it currently listed at number seventeen. Um, what's, which what's is- just ahead of it? Just ahead of it is Doctor Strange, Civil War, Guardians Volume 2, Iron Man 3. That's like uh, 13, 14, 15, Ooh, see, 16. I'm taking Guardians 2 and Iron Man 3, throw them in the bin, put Black Widow ahead of those. Dude, you need to rewatch Iron Man 3. I think that that movie got slept on, and it's great. <laughs> I, uh, uh, it, it is the epitome of a good Shane Black movie. Um, Certainly better than the second one. <laughs> um, so much better than the second one. Oh, my, yeah. my bottom movies, uh, just, I guess, real fast. So underneath Black Widow, I have uh, the first Avenger, Captain America, okay, um, Captain Marvel, mm-hmm. uh, Avengers: Age of Ultron. Then uh, this will get somewhat controversial. This needs to be updated. I don't agree with this anymore. But I have Iron Man two, Thor, Incredible Hulk, Thor: The Dark World. Uh, Thor should be ahead of Iron Man two. I like Thor more than I, I, I initially I would go did. with that. Yep. 
the, um, the, your, are... your bottom there is uh, very reminiscent of most other people's bottoms. I think down yeah. with the films that are down there, I think it's fairly obvious what's going to be down there. They are down. I have done a ranking before. And as you can imagine, yes, Thor The Dark World and Incredible Hulk were fighting to be the worst alongside Iron Man 2. Um, I'd have Captain Marvel a little bit higher. I'm not going to be sucked into which film's better, this yeah. or Captain Marvel. Um, but I, 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 again, the, I thought I, that film was okay as well. I do want to point out, like that, I like all of the movies except for probably The Hulk yeah. and <laughs> Thor The Dark World. Um, Iron Man 2, I don't love Iron Man 2. I've actually only seen Iron Man 2 once, though. So to be fair, if I tried to rewatch it, maybe I wouldn't hate it as much. I don't think so. I was really not into that one. Um, I lo- But I, I like almost all of these. And Keep in mind, too, that ahead of Black Widow are, like, some really well, well, I mean, it's, and these are by my enjoyment of overall things. Like, there's stuff in here, uh, there are some of these movies that I think are equal, but I've ranked them, you know what I'm saying? Like, so, like, I could, you could interchange a few of them or whatever, but I'm a big fan of these movies. Um, I keep Iron Man 1 as my number one just because I I did, I was so stunned by how good that movie was when I saw Mm -hmm. it. Like, I, I had no expectations going in. And I was like blown away. I I love Robert Downey Jr. in the role, so I just kind of keep it n- honorary number one because everything that follows it owes that movie so much. And so yeah. I, yeah, I t- I still love it too. Like not to take away from it, but I don't like Ant Man. Is just the, I love Paul Rudd so much, and it just hits mm-hmm. my humor sensibility so hard that it's like become my number two. I don't necessarily think it's the second best movie, but it's my favorite. You know what I'm saying? So like, yeah. it's one I go to. It's hard, man. It's it's tough. Like you say, you've got twenty four films, and yeah. at least at least twenty you want to say are yeah are, are, are at the worst they're good. At best they're damn good. So it, it's tough. It is kind of you know next. Hey, uh, look again next month. See see if one or two yeah. maybe switch positions. It's it's hard. I'll put mine up on Letterboxd as well. I actually think I have it as a private list, which I so I may uh, unleash that upon the world once I've updated it with the last few films that have come out, but. It is tough, even for somebody like myself who doesn't, uh, you know, I, I'm not, I don't stand the universe. However, I recognize good films, obviously. Yes. And for the most part, they're all good films. So how do you rank them, man? But I'd I'd put Black Widow uh, up amid because uh, whether that's recency bias, but I did have a very good time with it unexpectedly. Exactly. And that is our review of Black Widow. Um, with that, we will go to our next segment, Chopped headlines. Uh, these are movie or pop culture headlines that caught our attention. Uh, Matt, why don't you start us off? What do we? Uh, what grabbed you this week? <sighs> I don't sigh because I have to start off. I I love this podcast and I love this section. However, the one that caught my eye was uh, uh Space Jam Two is coming out so, uh, soon. Uh, you may have heard of Space Jam, but uh, Zendaya, who is uh, the voice of Lola Bunny in the sequel Zendaya she's responded to Space Jam 2 Lola Bunny redesign controversy yes um for those who remember Lola Bunny in Space Jam she was a bunny who was female and as it turns out some people found that extremely attractive in Space Jam 2 they've redesigned the character to a certain extent uh maybe it's because there's a different animation style as well but uh, some people aren't happy that they have um, they've changed certain aspects and measurements, shall we say, of Lola Bunny. And they're actually generally quite upset online. Uh, they're really not very happy that this bunny has been uh, desexualized. 
and they want to see a sexy bunny. But Zendaya, she uh, she just came out and said, um, I didn't know that was going to happen in terms of um, the fact that Lola's left her mark. Uh, he, she says, I definitely know we love her, but I didn't know it was going to be much of a focus as it was. But I understand she's a lovable character. She's a very important, so I get it. Uh, so Zendaya is very much sitting on the fence. Um, there, Obviously, the, the director, Malcolm D. Lee, isn't. He's uh, he's basically saying, I had no idea that people would be that up in arms about a bunny not having breasts. So um, it's a strange world we live in, JB. Are you, uh, are you pretty down in the dumps at a cartoon bunny? isn't sexy well the first thing no uh but the, <laughs> i feel like i, I need to say that right <laughs> uh this reminds me of one of my favorite scenes in wayne's world uh where yeah. he's they're sitting at the <laughs> airport and he says have you ever when bugs bunny would dress up as a girl bunny do you ever think he was attractive and, and wayne meanly laughs, laughs so hard at car <laughs> like, no um, <laughs> uh which predates space jam by i think a year if i'm not mistaken uh, um, two years yeah a year or two yeah so uh, I wonder if Lola was a uh, reaction to that joke. Um, <laughs> but uh, what the heck is wrong with everybody? It is a cartoon that one isn't designed for you. Like I grew up with a Roger Rabbit fan. And let's not even try to pretend like Jessica Rabbit wasn't designed to be the sexiest oh, cartoon yeah, character ever made. Right. Which is not a rabbit. Let's point that out too. If in case listeners haven't seen it, Jessica Rabbit n- by name only. Um, but Lola you know the uh, the objectification of women in Hollywood is an issue. It's constantly being discussed that you would think to be upset. And I, well, I don't know if they're expecting like a Sonic redesign now that they're upset about yes. it. Like make Sonic look like Sonic. Give Lola back her boobs. Like what is? What exactly do they want? And what are they? This film. Let's not forget as well. And I'm not. I'm not going to allow nostalgia to creep in for people here. People might have liked Space Jam. However, I'm not going to well, say well, this is ru- this is ruining the the what made the first film so good. No, Who is sitting there that. going to a kids' film to ogle an animated bunny? I hope <laughs> nobody. And more though, one this this that this movie isn't designed for you. I'm sure there are some dark, shady places on the internet where you can find those pictures if you were so inclined. <sighs> but this movie's for kids first, so desexualizing actually makes some sense. And two, like. The idea that re- reducing breast size reduces sexuality is also inherently flawed in logic, right? Like, it's a very good point, and it's it, you have to kind of wonder what is going on in with people to that this is actually a talking point. It's and that Zendaya felt like uh, she had to actually comment on it, and there will be and some the director who, too, and the director. Oh, the directors come out and just basically said, "You're all idiots." If that's what you think, yeah. Um, there are then there will be some people out there saying, "Well, no, it's not about the desexualizing. It's 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 woke or or something." It's just come on, just get up, just go outside, just find something else to be uh, disenfranchised by. You know, was your McDonald's didn't didn't look like it did in the poster? Okay, get annoyed by that. Not about this. I had to bring it up because um, one of the it was, we were talking about uh we've been talking about recently just about what's happening in the world and this is just another example of how social media can be the worst of things sometimes but yeah if you are disappointed by it fine but i i, I mean i it's really one of those care things, less if you're with your friends like your good friends who you've known for years and you feel comfortable complaining about the boob size of an animated bunny that's a place where that could happen you know, tell your tell your best friend for twenty years that you're upset about it, 
it doesn't need to go onto the internet. And more, it seems the fact that Zendaya had to comment that mm-hmm. maybe they were tagging her or at least tagging the movie in those posts. So, like, well, they want people to see how it. you mean by upset as well. <laughs> if you're upset, if, if you say it for a bit of, if you want to joke about it, gay, you know, fine, whatever. People right. joke. But if you're genuinely upset about it. Yeah, I hope. Well, I mean, <laughs> I'm assuming the people who are tweeting about it are genuinely upset i'm sure some were jokes for sure because <laughs> it's noticeable that there's a change if you watch one or the other i mean one it i think it shows one. progression too you know like hey good good that we've we've stopped over sexualizing cartoon female characters because why can't she just be a cartoon female bunny why does she have to be a sexy cartoon female bunny for her to be in the movie you know um yep. but yeah uh i i am I want this movie to be good, though. Can we, like, I'm going to step back from that side of this conversation, but I like Space Jam. I don't think it's perfect. It does have Bill Murray in it, which makes yeah, me immediately it. give some forgiveness. I, I like Michael Jordan a lot. I do like the Looney Tunes. I, I grew up watching reruns yep. of the Looney Tunes cartoons, so I've always been a fan. And I find Space Jam to be pretty good. Mm-hmm. The one, okay. I think, mostly glaring weakness is Michael Jordan's not an actor. Like he has a few <laughs> moments where it's very good, but he has a few moments where it's, it's very much Michael Jordan trying to act. Right. Yeah, yes. LeBron yes. has actually shown that he can act uh, at least a little bit, right. With train wreck. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was really hopeful. The commercials have not made me feel like it's going to be very good. Um, unfortunately, mm-hmm. like, uh, like some of the jokes that you have LeBron doing feel very forced. Uh, the matrix joke, um, when he's like, what in the matrix hell is this? I'm like, that's, that sounds real force. Like it's, it's 2021. I love the matrix. LeBron would have probably seen the matrix, but to make like an immediate reference to the matrix with technology at this point, it's like, come on, really? That's your default like joke at this point. I don't know. I'm worried. It's not going to live up to the, the, our hopes. I do want this to be good and I'm hopeful that it'll be entertaining. Yes, um, as long as we get to see Bugs Bunny in a thong, then I'll be happy. That's, that's, that's what's going to make the film for me, man. So uh, there we go. Uh, Cartoon Bunnies was my pick of the week. What did you go for, sir? So I went in a similar outrage type thing, the internet being upset. Uh, not so much about this particular image, but just that this movie exists. Um, the Disney live action remake has revealed their first photo uh, of the set, and it is of... Um, I believe Hallie Bailey. I keep yes. wanting to say Barry out of like instinct. Um, you know, I see Hallie and I see a B and an A. I'm like, it's Hallie Barry. And I was like, yeah. wait, she's not Little Mermaid. Um, she's going to be playing Ariel. Obviously that got a lot of controversy when that was announced because she's black and people think fictional mermaids can't be black. I don't understand that either. Okay. Uh, and anyone who's like, well, the original is, you know, a, a white redhead. It's like, yeah, that's not in the character. That's just in that character like it's not written into who she is as a person that she can't be any other race and again fictional mermaid mermaid can be any color like let's (laughs) be it's so anyways um the image is is super honestly if you had showed me this picture i would not have known this was from little mermaid because there's nothing about the image that really says this like you can't see her fin it's just a girl in the ocean like that's Mm -hmm. you know uh you can't even see if she's wearing like seashells to like look like Ariel would have looked. So if without the context, I wouldn't know this was from the movie. It just looks like she went to the beach for the weekend. Um, but uh, I, I picked this because I have been pretty against 
all of the live action remakes. Um, I've not been a big fan of them. I've, I haven't caught all of them. I still have not seen Pete's dragon, um, which I guess technically was not a live action remake because it was already that, right? It was just the animated um, dragon and everyone yeah. else was people. So that was not so much a live action remake. I would have preferred seeing what some of the other characters are going to look like. Cause we mm-hmm. have in this movie, Jacob Tremblay as flounder. Now I am assuming that's going to be a CG flounder, but is it going to be like photorealistic, like the lion King and it's going to suck or is Ooh, it going to be like cartoonish show. flounder? Um, I would have liked to see Melissa McCarthy as Ursula. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really, I'm curious how they're using David Diggs. David, um, man. He's Sebastian. So I'm very curious. Although this article doesn't say that, but I, I know that's what he was cast yes. as. I'm Hopefully very excited. Um, I, I grew up, Little Mermaid came out at the right time for me. So it was a movie I really loved as a kid. I had the soundtrack. I listened to the soundtrack all the time as a kid. It was one of my first like albums that I was like really into. And so I am excited because David is like one of my favorites. And so like having him doing the music, I can't wait to hear his take and version on things. I hope they are different. I hope they don't do what beauty and the beast did, which was like kind of badly rehashed the songs. Um, like I want under the sea, but I don't necessarily want it to sound exactly like under the sea. I'd like David to maybe be able to put his flair on it, you know? Yeah. Um, Javier Bardem as King Triton is, is horrifying. Honestly, I, I, um, (laughs) and I don't know who the, the prince is either. Actually, uh, Jonah Howard King does not, no, it Pop was it originally going to be um, Harry Styles, wasn't it? But he didn't get the draw. Oh, that's right. That's yeah. right. Or turned it down or whatever you want to believe. So the the live action remakes have been very lackluster for me. Uh, so I was, when I saw this headline, I was like, well, I'm curious. Are they giving us any kind of indication of what we should expect? And the answer is no. Uh, it just looks like a girl at the beach. So we still are kind of left in the dark. How are they approaching this? I hope they try to have a little more fun than say uh, even Beauty and the Beast because I, I don't love the character design there mm-hmm. uh, but I like it more than the Lion King which the Lion King itself lent itself to having the realistic animals because the, I think the cartoons they were more in line with what a lion looks like than not but they have you know he, like more human like facial features and reactions that you did not get in the live action remake which really hurt that movie um, I'm hoping they go for a little more cartoonish character design with these uh, but we'll see. I, I guess we're, we're we're left in the dark. What are, what are your thoughts on Little Mermaid and this image, Matt? Um, I think the image. I mean, the image looks great. I mean, it's, it's a it's a great image. Like you say, it wouldn't. It doesn't strike me as a Little Mermaid simply because you know you, you, it, it, the it's set the the picture is taken at sunset, so it's it's obscured somewhat. However, if you look at it, I'm sure you could be like, oh, cool. <laughs> you could be you could be in a Little Mermaid, you know, so, uh, posing in the sea like that. But um, hey, look, I'm 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 optimistic for it. I um, of course you had Cruella recently, which isn't a remake, but it's a live action Disney film, which I, which we both thought was pretty good, uh, very yeah. good. Um, so I got some goodwill back. Uh, in terms of the film, yeah, I, I wouldn't, I'm not going to say I'm anticipating it, anticipating, uh, anticipating it highly, but because the original Little Mermaid, I I like, I think it's I think it's okay. But I haven't really had any strong desire to revisit that one. I like it. Nope. I'm not going to say I don't. But I've never sat and thought, I want to watch a Disney film. I'm going to watch Little Mermaid. My daughter likes Ariel. She loves Ariel. Um, so I'll take her to see this. Uh, and in terms of um, Hallie Bailey, 
yeah, I think she's. I think she looks great. I think she's going to be great in the role. As you say, uh, she's a a fictional mermaid from where from the planet uh, from the kingdom of Atlantica, which is a mythical, just which means not real underwater kingdom. So these people breathe underwater in a kingdom, Atlantica. None of it's real. They they get the best person for the job, which is what they've uh, got here. So I'm I'm all for it. I've got no issues with that. Um, and on the image, yeah, it's not really much you can say other than it looks very, very nice. And I'm looking forward to the film to a certain extent. And I hope it's really good. Same as Cruella. I wasn't entirely excited for that. Came out thinking it was great. So I hope I get the same vibe from Little Mermaid. And I think they're going to come more so, like you say, when we start seeing the um, the expanded cast. Aquafina's in this as well. I want to see Aquafina. What's, and she's Scuttle. How, what, what, how are we going to play of that? Are we going to hear it? What's she going to sound like? What What's Flounder and Scott going to look like? How's Melissa McCarthy going to play as Ursula? David is a king, so let's see more of David. You know, once we start seeing the entirety of the cast and it feels a bit bigger and the scope starts to expand, I think I'll start to get a bit more excited uh, at the prospect. But in terms of the image, it's a, it's a nice image. There you go. All right. Well, that's all of the chuffed headlines. Let's go to our next segment where we uh, look at media consumption. This is movies, TV, video games, music, podcast, not ours, um, that we have listened to or watched or interacted with since the last time we recorded. So, Matt, uh, it looks like you haven't been uh, watching much, but what have you seen since the last time we discussed things? I, ha- I haven't, and I shall allude to why uh, later on. Uh, I have had a very quiet week this week. Uh, I've watched the the finale of Euro 2020. Um especially of England getting to the final. We sadly didn't win. We lost on penalties, which is the cruelest way to lose to Italy. So congratulations to the Italians for, uh, for a good game and a good win. Uh, but I watched the, I watched the, the both semifinals and the final leading up. So uh, sad it is over only because it, there's something comforting about you know, coming home and knowing you got an event to watch. It's pretty cool. Um, other than that though, the only thing I've watched and I really had to rack my brains. I'm thinking, I'm sure I watched more than this. I swear I did. And even now I'm thinking, I'm sure I watched another film. Um, but I didn't, I, I, I was going to, but I didn't. The only film I've watched is fear street 1978, which came out on Netflix part two of the fear street trilogy. Um, I have listened to uh, the Nightmare on Film Street podcast where they um, discuss Jurassic Park and Jaws as a kind of like a Spielberg horror blockbuster double, which was a good conversation. So it's been a horror inflected month, but um, I know you've seen Fear Street 78. So for me, I thought the first one was good. 1994. Uh, I, yeah, the soundtrack was you know, hitting you over the head, but come on, they're good songs. And it felt very much like an homage to the f- slashers, of the mid nineties and beyond uh, fear street, 1978 obviously takes place in 1978. Um, and it's in it, again, it, it imbues the spirit of the slasher films from that time. Uh, mm-hmm. It carries on the 94 uh, idea of using uh, a soundtrack, which is very, very iconic to that time. And it goes bigger than the first film. Okay. We don't do spoilers, but 78 goes bigger than 1994 uh, a lot of that is down, I think, to the to the time it's set. Obviously, the seventies and what they're known for. So, if you were if you thought you were missing out on certain aspects, ninety four, and you wanted a bit more, I want a bit more horror, or a bit more, um, a bit more slashing, then holy moly, Fear Street seventy eight will give it to you. 
and mm. it set up the finale fear street 1666 quite nicely um but i i enjoyed 78 i was i was in, invested throughout the only th- the only thing that threw me off and this isn't this is nothing to do with the story but um and this is minor it's, it's set in 1978 the only thing i would have liked to have seen is uh, uh to reproduce the look of the time in terms of how it's shot that, that, mm. even just like uh, super get some film grain on that grain on there or something i believed we were in the 70s but i just wish i could have felt like i was watching a film from the 70s and i don't think that's, that's what they're going for because you can't make a film feel like it's from 1666 so the witch ah. tried hard but it, that's the only thing that was lacking for me i felt like it was a film made now setting itself back in the 70s other than that uh, i had a good time with it again not not perfect by any means but it's for a Friday night set, sitting down for Friday night horror film. I had a good time with it. So um, I know yeah, you I, saw it, JB. I really, really liked it. Um, yeah. I, I'm loving this, this trilogy so far. I hope the third one is as good. Um, I thought the I, I'm so impressed with the performances of both the movies, especially part one. Uh, the four teenage actors have not really done anything for the most part. Um, I think Josh or Joe, the, the, the brother has been in some stuff, but for the most part, the other three were like brand new and they're fantastic Mm -hmm. Uh, here. um, The main girl is from stranger things. Um, She plays Max on stranger things. And I liked her as Max. She's terrific in this. I thought she was Mm -hmm. really, really good. That's the sister. Yeah. Sadie Sims sink sink. Sorry. Uh, Terrific. And her, the two, her sister and the sister's friend, are both really, really good as well. I I had a blast with this movie. Um, it definitely has, if you've seen Sleepaway Camp or Friday the 13th, uh, especially mm-hmm. the original Friday the 13th, definitely feels in that kind of era. Like you said, that 70s, 80s slasher. But because it's at camp, it has that feeling to it. Yeah. Um, and I agree, they went much bigger. Uh, but logically, it makes sense how they went bigger. Because um, that's the thing. If you think of Scream, there's not that many kills in Scream. No, there's not. Uh, it, it's more of like the fear of one coming because it is like who's who's. It's a who done it on top of that, right? And that Where, first film really can be scary at times as well. Yes, and um, I think part one channels that as well. Like it's mostly it's not a lot of kills, but there is a that kind of who that who's who are we suspicious of kind of thing. Yeah. Um, what the the slashers of the 70s and 80s it was how many can we kill and what creative ways can we do it <laughs> exactly. and i think they they do a good job of bringing that into it so yeah uh, i'm a big fan of the fear street series and uh what a breakthrough for this director um who had only directed one movie before the this trilogy and i think she's nailing the trilogy so yeah hopefully this is a um a springboard for her to go to get to get some more stuff under her belt against Lee Janiak, who's directing all three films, and I'm liking the event feel one per week. And again, I'm I'm getting used to coming home on a Friday and knowing I can watch a cool horror film on a Friday night. So I'm going to be um, bummed next week. I was about to say the same. I'm really excited for this Friday, and then yeah. next Friday I'm going to be so disappointed because there's not going to be one to watch. Man, um, we'll have to make yeah, our own one. And I owe this to you because you you reminded me of the first one when it came out. And so this Friday, like the past Friday when the second one came out, I was like on it. I was like, I'm watching this and I can't wait. <laughs> I think um, you watched it before me as well. I this did. one, you're more excited. You're saying more excited. You're on the ball. Whereas this, I'll, I'll fight you this Friday. Oh, you're on summer break. You may watch it before me. Well, we'll see about I, that. I might actually have to work on Friday. So, because uh, I, I get called in to do extra stuff. Ah. So, um, so yeah, uh, you, I, you, we might watch it about, well, 
not quite the same time since there's a five hour time difference between the two of us, but, but you know. literally, yeah, it, it's the same signs. Yeah, yeah. You know, so what, listeners, watched, you know what we mean. I've watched a few more movies than you this week. Yes. Um, I, I watched 42, uh, the Jackie Robinson um, biopic for our movie club episode yes. last week, which is out now. Um, very good movie. Very problematic as far as the, the white savior trope that uh, Hollywood movies about people of color often take. And it's all over that movie, um, unfortunately. But it's still tremendous performances, uh, from especially from Bozeman. Um, really, really watchable. Very palatable. Uh, I watched Luca, the newest Pixar film. Oh, yeah. I like it. It's fine. It's not top-tier Pixar by any means. Um, okay. Uh, I, I was... It, I'm a big Pixar fan. Like collectively, I, I think I like almost all of their movies. And um, I, I wasn't super pulled into this one. Like I've been with most of the others. Uh, it, to no real, I can't quite put my finger on why. It just maybe wasn't. I, I like I just watched Raya last week, and I really liked Raya and the Last Dragon a lot. And this yeah, one was so like, good. yeah, okay, cool. Um, but I, I caught uh, Roman Holiday, um, a movie I've actually never seen an Audrey Hepburn movie. Uh, so okay. it's, been on, it's been on my gap list for a while and um, I, I don't have a particular reason why I picked this one over like breakfast at Tiffany's or something, but it, I had it. Uh, I was like, yeah, I'm going to watch this. I'm going to do it. I really like that dark. movie. Uh, oh, I got to watch that one too, man. Yeah, it's on man. my list. It's on the list. Um, but I owned Roman holiday. And it was like up high on my voodoo list. So I was like, yeah, I'll watch this one. Um, yeah, fair I watched on HBO max, uh, the Steven Soderbergh film, no sudden move. Uh, which we missed at Tribeca because yeah. it wasn't available for the press. I liked it a lot. Uh, oh I'm a, I am a, a Steven Soderbergh kind of uh, fan at, at this point, and it's not like the best movie I've seen or anything like that. But it's it's very good. It's de- definitely got Soderbergh all over it. There's some uh, cool. Uh, I knew the two leads. Uh, there were a lot of other people in the movie that I didn't know were in it, um, including David Harbor. Uh, <laughs> so I had a double dose of him this week. Um, but I, if you have access to it, I definitely recommend checking that out. And then for this week's episode of Movie Club, we are doing biopics this month. Uh, and I convinced Corey to pick Bronson uh, oh, because it's yes. one that I've been meaning to watch for a while. See, I um, loved that. I knew nothing about it other than uh, several years ago, Mike, uh, who I used to do top five movies with, had recommended it was on one of his. I think he might have been on his biopic list. I knew nothing about Charles Bronson uh, other than that. Uh, what a coincidence. He shares a name with the actor that I would find out in this movie. Not a coincidence at all. Nope. <laughs> um, and uh, I also didn't know I was going to get uh, THP watching this. Uh, for those at home, Hardy. that's t- penis. Ah. Lots of Tom Hardy penis in this movie. Uh, was <laughs> not ready for that. Totally Talk about Tom about that. Hardy. Um, <laughs> uh it is a Nicholas Winding Refn film. Mm-hmm. He is a director I have a lot of mixed feelings about. I love yeah. Drive. Oh, man. Uh, and I really love Bronson. I, I thought Bronson was great. Um, and, I, God for I, uh, and then there's Neon Demon that messed me up for days. Uh, I couldn't get into that. I want, really, uh, really wanted to like it, but it was it fell flat. I didn't like it, and there's some parts in it that will never leave my brain. Because <laughs> um, yeah, Yes. Yes, Matt. Exactly. Uh, it's not and a few now. other things, but that's one of those things I will never oh, be able man. to get out of my mind. It was the grossest thing ever. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's making me nauseous just thinking about it. Um, then uh, I did I've, Loki episode five. Loved yep. it. Uh, 
Dave episode five. I think it was episode five. That show is so great. Please, everybody watch Dave on FX. Um, and then I check out the entire series of Starstruck. I don't think I mentioned, I actually started watching it before we recorded last time, but it's, it's, I think just six episodes and they're all like 22 minutes, a uh, very charming rom-com. Uh, the writer is also the star. Um, she's from New Zealand. I don't remember her name, but it's really, really good. If you're a fan of rom-coms, mm-hmm. uh, this is a great little sitcom. Um, she meets a, a actor who's, relatively big she doesn't realize they ha- they have a f- little thing uh the next day she finds out who he is and she's like oh uh wow he's way out of my league kind of thing and then it's that dynamic their relationship and and how it kind of ebbs ebbs and flows um but it's very very charming very good and then oh. as per usual i've listened to uh, the blank check podcast um this week we got our bonus episode for the patreon and our regular uh ep- our ben's choice we got joe dirt um look <laughs> Matt, I've been a fan of this film, Joe Dirt, for a long time. I actually didn't even realize it was a 2001 movie because I, I feel like I watched it all the time on Comedy Central when I was a kid, but apparently I was in college when I was watching it all the time. Um, it was one of those movies, I if it was on, it was just going to get watched. Um, I, I still think the movie's really funny, and I was I was vindicated because the Blank Check guys were like, this movie's better than... It, it's like, the comedy's stupid. Like, no one's arguing it's smart <laughs> comedy. But what it does, and this is something they pointed out, but I've always kind of felt is they Joe dirt is you, you sympathize with him. He's not like he's, there's something to the character. There's more there than just stupid humor. Like the stupid humor is around it. And they go to the, the poop. Well, maybe one too many times in that movie and um, for the easy laugh. But Joe dirt, like there's something about the, the, the empathy that they, they foster in the film that they take time to make you feel like he's a person um, who people treat as a caricature, you know? Okay. And um, I I was excited to hear that maybe maybe it is a better movie than I've kind of written in my head because obviously it's hard to argue for Joe Dirt. Not saying it's a masterpiece or anything like that, <laughs> yeah. but that you know comedies used to have characters that actually had something to like. You there know, there was pathos. It wasn't just uh you know a figure to laugh at. It was actually a, a person who had funny things happen around them or to them. But at the end of the day, they were still a person that you cared about. There was no, character. No, I, I think you can make, you. you can make that argument for like happy, happy Gilmore or Billy Madison. You know, they took the time to build empathy to those characters, something to, to root for. And a lot of modern comedies, it's just joke after joke after joke, but the, there's no real substance to latch onto and mm-hmm. something maybe we need to look back at. What about Encino man? I, I think there's some character there. Um, maybe not with the weasel so much, but I think with, uh, <laughs> with Sean Aston's character, you know, he's, he's the underdog, right? Like he's, yeah, he has no confidence in himself. And I, uh, yeah, I think it's there. I, I throw that in because JB is a, um, he is a, a, a fan. He stands in Sino man and Hudson. Hall Speaking of Brandon Frazier is in no sudden move. So good accidental crossover. <laughs> That's a hell of a link. That. And of course he's, he, he literally is a, he is, he is link in Encino man. So yes, what a, ah. yes, we're full of them today. Um, um, I've, I've got a link, which isn't it's at all uh, relevant, but I also watch clear in present danger. That was the thing. I ah, watched. The I uh, uh, Jack Ryan film with uh, obviously Harrison Ford as Jack Ryan, Willem Dafoe, the um, Philip Noyce film from the early nineties, mid nineties, uh, of which I think is pretty damn good. So uh, clear in present danger. I don't know why I put it on Netflix, but it somehow popped up and I put it on and spent two hours, 20 odd minutes watching it. And I enjoyed it. Harrison Ford is also in 42 connection. Um, oh man, we're all over them today. 
So that that's what we've been consuming since the last time we recorded. Uh, now, to do this podcast week after week, it takes a lot out of us. It takes a lot of time, effort. Um, so we have to actively figure out ways to stay bloody awesome. So Matt, I ask you, what have you been doing to stay bloody awesome since the last time we recorded? Now, just hearing this word will not make people feel bloody awesome. However, uh, there is more to it. And mine is simply going to work. As I said, I mentioned the other week, I nailed employment because of the pandemic. Uh, I've been up, unable to secure employment, not through lack of trying or lack of obvious quality and talent. Obviously, it's just recruitment drives have been gone. So uh, I had a few tra- lifestyle changes and with that has managed to get uh, a new job, which I'm uh, so far so good. I'm still there, which <laughs> which is something. So, uh, but it's it's made me feel bloody awesome because I have a routine again. I get to get up in the morning, yeah. which again don't enjoy that part. You're going out <laughs> of the house. You're being social, to, you know, at work. I'm learning new stuff. I'm getting paid for it. Let's not lie about it. You go to work to get paid. I'm getting paid. At the end of the month, I'm going on a Blu-ray spree and everything. Um, so yeah, but it's been bloody awesome by you know having that routine again and it kind of makes me feel that whilst the world around us seems to be falling apart and isn't going back to normal anytime soon it makes me my little part of the world feel like it's going back to normal so with that though uh, i've been coming home and been knackered been very tired because just a lot there's a lot of stuff to learn in this role and um i sort of come home and just sort of collapsing on the chair on on the bed i'll put some music on and before i know it it's kind of eight half eight nine o'clock i think I'm not sure I can put a film on tonight, or if I do, it's only going to be a comfort film, which I've seen a hundred times before. Um, so I haven't really, that's why I haven't been watching anything. So I haven't really had the, the drive to do so. I've been listening to music or watching YouTube. I'll just put YouTube on and I'll watch um, Star Wars videos or music videos. I also watched The Bad Batch. Uh, I enjoyed that as well. Um, so I've kind of, kind of been doing sort of menial little things after work, but you know, this week it's. Um, back into the second week so now 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 the routine's in place i can i can come home i watch films and i'm in a better place to do it so been bloody awesome by getting out there again and being a adult as you said at the top of the show well um i mean that's i think that's a great thing and i i am uh obviously i i felt like a secondhand pressure or concern for you over the last year while you've been trying to find work and hoping that you would be able to because I knew, like, with uh, Brexit and all of that, I, I mean, we only get the American perspective of it, but it sounded awful. And um, and then the pandemic to make it worse. Uh, so I, I was, you know, hoping that things would work out, and I'm glad that they have. Thank you, sir. Thank you. So am I, but thank you, sir. Especially because uh, at some point, you're saving up money to come and visit. I can uh, actually and I would do like to now. do the same. Yes. I gen- genuinely will as well. I know I say, and people say, oh, I'll add it to the list and all that, but I do because... Um, I, I wanted to come stateside anyway, and there are things in Florida of which I would like to uh, check out uh, for the first time, or for the first time since I was like five, maybe been once. Um, plus, the statesman's there, so why wouldn't I want to go? Yeah, and I would like to go to England one day uh, for many reasons, uh, including meeting Charles Bronson. No, um, so, <laughs> Tom Hardy. Yes, uh, I, um, my wife uh, has a new position at her job, and she's off weekends now. So this is the first time in our time together that she's mm-hmm. consistently off weekends because uh, she's always worked retail and retail weekends are busy, right? So her position in her current retail job uh, allows her to work Monday through Friday though. So, um, and th- she's had this promotion for a couple weeks, but it was until this weekend that she was actually home on a Saturday. And so uh, 
my wife was like, let's go thrift shopping. And I was like, oh, okay, great. Um, but <laughs> I say that I don't mind going thrift shopping, especially because so many thrift shops now have movies because people yeah. are getting rid of their physical collections. I am only reaping the benefits. Uh, most of the thrift shops sell them for a dollar or two dollars. So I'm like, great. If I don't own it or if it's one that I love and I think other people should own, I'll buy it and just give it away. Um, so I, I only got four movies this time. Uh, I got Emma from uh, not Emma with the period uh, with the Anya Taylor-Joy, but oh, Emma yeah. with Gwyneth Paltrow, which I've never mm-hmm. seen, but really want to watch having now seen Emma with the period. I like um, that one as well. I, I bought Our Idiot Brother, which I have seen, but I'm a big Paul Rudd fan and I didn't own it. So I was like, yeah, I might as well add that to the collection. Um, Unstoppable, the Denzel Chris Pine movie. I haven't um, seen that. I, I recently watched the original Felon 123 and I'm planning on watching the very, I've heard not good remake with Denzel and John Travolta. I don't think um, that the remake's that bad. I don't think it's, it's I don't, so honestly don't cool. think it's that bad. Well, I'm going to watch that. And then I heard that Unstoppable was the good Denzel train movie. So I was like, well, I might as well go ahead and snag that one too. And I'll just like <laughs> double header that, um, which Lord knows when I'll actually watch those, but I'm going to one day <laughs> eventually. Um, and then I did buy a comfort movie, uh, Shanghai noon. Um, was yeah. a film I, I really liked as a kid. I was surprised to see how high of a Rotten Tomatoes score it has. I think it's like a 71, um, which I was like, oh, maybe this movie's better than I gave it credit. Because I liked it as a kid, but I've always kind of written it off as just me having kid taste. You know, like I like Jackie Chan movies. I like Owen Wilson. I still like Owen Wilson. Let's be real. I think he gets a lot of hate and I think it's stupid. Um, but uh, I saw I, I blank check actually referenced it because there's a. Griffin, it was apparently a, a popular movie in his household growing up, and they quoted it a lot. Um, and I, they talked about it on an episode. I was like, man, I really want to rewatch it. I haven't seen it in years. And so I found it for a buck. I was like, yeah, definitely buying this. Why not? Um, so I got I got those four movies, and I think that's all I got. My wife got a couple other things from the thrift shopping. But, it, you know, it was fun. We went to, like, four or five different ones. We got a very nice lunch um, at a, a local deli uh, that I won't name drop here. But if you ever want to sponsor a local deli, you, you are up for it. Um, but yeah, that's how I've been staying bloody awesome. Was uh, you know, Macklemore in it? Thrift yeah, shop. Nothing wrong with that, my friend. And sometimes uh, thrift shops can surprise outside of film. Sometimes you can pick up a damn good shirt in there as well. Sure. So nothing wrong with a bit of thrift shopping, my friend. And with that, that concludes our episode. Um, we are going to be back next week. You might have thought we'd be reviewing Space Jam Two, but you would be mistaken. Uh, Matt boycotted it because of the change <laughs> of Lola. But no, um, sexy bunnies. No, we decided we would go with the more adult film release, uh, which is Escape Room, colon, Tournament of Champions, Damn. which I both love and absolutely hate the name of that movie, um, especially because he says the line in the in the trailer. Uh, yeah. But look, I thought Escape Room was going to be really, really bad, and I ended up really enjoying that movie. So I'm hopeful that this one will at least be exciting, have some innovative like set pieces, and, and be, you know... Uh, as a good of a surprise as the first one was to me, uh, yep. but I'm that's what we're going to be reviewing next week. Yep. And you liked the first one or no? Um, ambivalent on it. I I didn't dislike it. I think it was, I thought it was all right. I just thought it was a bit, I don't know, tame. Can I say for what I thought it was going to be? But, um, uh, from what I've heard, they may have upped the ante a little bit with this sequel. So, Hey, look, it's a film. I'm going to go open-minded with this one. So hoping to be surprised, uh, and enthralled and excited. Yeah, I hope so. But we'll be back with our review of that one. Now I will have probably seen space jam two by then, especially cause it is on HBO max. Mm-hmm. So even if I can't make it to the theater, I will probably have watched it. So we'll probably talk about both, but our, fo- yeah. our feature review 
will be Escape Room, a tournament of champions, or Escape Room 2, if you want to be real about it. Um, in the meantime, we ask that you follow us on social media. Uh, you can find us on Instagram at Bloody Awesome Movie Pod and on Twitter uh, at BAMP underscore podcast, B A M P underscore podcast. And we are also on the Facebook. Uh, you can search Bloody Awesome Movie Podcast to find us there. Um, individually, you can follow me at BurkeReviews.com and on uh, at Burke Reviews on all the social media platforms. And Matt, what about you? Uh, you can find me what I watch tonight.co.uk and what I watch tonight across all the socials and letterboxed as well. Look out for my Marvel ranking list soon. <laughs> exactly. Um, and with that, uh, if you like what we're doing here, we ask that you just take a moment of your time and give us that five star rating. It helps other uh, podcast listeners find us so they can join in on the fun. Um, and as always, we encourage you to keep watching movies. And stay bloody awesome. Awesome.